I think it's really me, a man's in my relationship. And I think that when we started it, we didn't know who was listening. And so we spoke as if we were speaking to each other in a private room. And there wasn't an aspect of knowing there was an audience, which is the scary thing about podcasting because there isn't an audience, right? There is nobody out there in the room but you and the person next to you. And so you easily forget that people are listening and the people listening are just numbers on a download sheet, you know? So I think that what makes OKSIS special, which was not the intention going in, is the relationship me and Mads have together. Maddie and Scout are sisters and creators of an online space and podcast called OK Sis. Their contrasting and complementary personalities make for funny, entertaining, engaging, relatable, and sometimes serious conversations about their lives. They welcome guests into their community and onto their podcast to discuss topics of all kinds. Welcome to the Safe Haven. A space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life. Maddie is very detail-oriented and likes a solid plan, where Scout is really fly by the seat of her pants. So this is a space where their personalities really get to shine in a shared platform. These two love to laugh and have a good time. They're also super down for deep conversations about mental wellness and the really challenging things that life throws at us. In this episode, we chat boundaries, vulnerability, personal practices, being honest, owning your shit, and honoring emotions. Maddie and Scout share their wins and goals with their podcast and Facebook community and how mental illness has influenced their individual lives. We start the conversation with the question, what's it like working together as sisters? Yeah, I think that, you know, in the beginning, it was obviously instilled to our very big advantage in the sense that we are able to speak really candidly and openly and disagree on certain things and not have it be necessarily this huge issue um, of am I going to hurt the person's feelings, et cetera, et cetera. So we're able to kind of cut the fat, get to the situations, make all of the decisions um, and not kind of tiptoe around one another. And that's kind of what we've been preaching for the last two years is that working together as sisters has been a benefit for us. But of course, because we're so blunt and honest and, you know, know we're going to love each other no matter what and stick around, sometimes our style of communication can super clash, which it totally did this weekend where Mads ended up in tears because I delivered news or I delivered, you know, my delivery wasn't exactly the most compassionate. So it gets, it can get a little tricky at that time. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, Scout and I, if you've ever listened to OK Sis, we are so different, um, different personalities, different work styles, a lot of contrasting, but also complementary um, attributes that, you know, make the podcast what it is and make it super fun, but then also have that balance of soulfulness. And um, when it comes to you know, creating a podcast in the behind the scenes, a lot of people don't understand that it is a full-time job. Like it is, yeah, it, it is. is a lot of work. So, you know, when we started this, I didn't really even think 
that it would, you know, it would be considered quote unquote work. And so I didn't really reflect on our working styles. You know, Scout is a lot more aggressive, hustle culture, um, very to the point and risk, a big risk taker. Whereas I'm more like fluid, a little gentler um, and a little more risk averse. So, you know, it hasn't clashed I mean, thankfully, it hasn't clashed too much. But as Scout mentioned, last weekend was a moment of weakness, I think, on both of our parts because we never did kind of sit back and be like, okay, there's two people in this game. And like, how do we how do we work and integrate seamlessly? Mm. So when it comes to challenges, do you find that even as different as you are, there are obviously those shared values and similarities where you're so much in alignment, obviously, since you're working together and you've lived life together. How do you communicate best? So if something comes up, how do you find that you communicate through issues like that when you're working together? I think that, you know, and I think Mads would agree. Mads is a little bit more the decision maker. She's, Mm -hmm. I think, has a lot more heavy opinions. And my opinions sometimes are a little bit difficult to swim through. I like to say she's like the final say in a lot of things. But I think that when there's something that either of us really stands for or disagrees with, Um, that we don't believe the brand represents that value within ourselves. Of course, our values are super, super aligned. So it's really just a matter of like a branding font or whatever it is, something super small. Um, You know, I think we, when one of us says, no, I'm serious, like I really don't want that. You know, Mm -hmm. once we kind of make it known, it's dropped. You know, there's no making one another do something that's not in alignment with them. The brand is Mads and me together. And so if one of us disagrees with the decision, it's no longer okay it's that other person. So we're pretty good about, you know, when, I mean, we haven't had to like lay down the law individually really that much, but we know that we can use that card of, you know, no, that's not happening and I'm uncomfortable with that. And then it's tabled and we move on. Mm-hmm. What's the age difference between you guys? Uh, three years. Yeah. Scout me. I am three years older than Mads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 26 and she is 29. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You're 29? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> oh, can I cuss on here? Okay. Yeah. Yes, bitch. I am 29. <laughs> and so 30 is a big one. That's coming up pretty soon then. Oh yeah. I've been talking about it for the last like year and a half. I mean, I'm just on mm-hmm. the cusp. It is happening soon. <laughs> 30 is a good year. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm really stoked. I have a question about how okay sis even came to be where did the foundations of this come from yeah so I had my own podcast um because I lived next to a recording studio which was super random and I knew the Mm. girls in there and they just let me hop in for free but I wasn't really treating it like a business this was over three years ago you know almost four years ago um when podcasting was was hot but it wasn't what it is today and so I didn't necessarily know the potential I think And it was getting a little stale. I wasn't super inspired. And Mads and I were at the Ojai Valley Inn and Spa for her birthday. And we had a few glasses of rosé. And I didn't have a podcast episode for the next week. So I said, hey, do you want to go into the business center and just record on my phone? Like, I didn't give a fuck about the audio quality. My podcast was way more spiritual and mental health. But we ended up talking about The Bachelor and pop culture. And we were eating truffle chips the whole time, which was super bad. And it was just so 
so much fun. I felt an energy between us that I hadn't felt in growing up together our entire lives. I felt something really special that I think hadn't been harnessed. And so a mm-hmm. few weeks later, I said, we have to do something together. And we landed on the podcast. And me in typical Scout fashion was like, hey, we're launching in two weeks and um, pushed Mads out of her comfort zone. <laughs> and we launched in two weeks. And that was over two years ago. Yeah. And I think something, I mean, as as I mentioned before, our natures are just so different. I like to plan everything in advance, make sure we're, you know, really looking at every single detail. Whereas, as Scout just said, she's like, let me jump out of the plane and then let's see if the parachute will just show up. And I'm like, what? So this was the first time I've ever done something like that. And I've also always been such a podcast fan. Like I love the medium. I've been listening to podcasts since before was cool. So I was like, oh my God, like, what do I have to say? Mm. Like what, what I can't do it justice. And I think a lot of Um, you know, starting a podcast, you have to have, you have to be so vulnerable. You have to be willing to really put yourself out there and be honest. And that's, that's really tricky and it's not for everyone. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm very, I'm very like energetic and uh, a very outgoing person. So, and I'm very performative. So I think it helped, it worked for me to kind of like go into this space. But um, I think what I didn't know going in is like, you really have to put it all on the line and it's gonna feel weird and it's very humbling in the beginning because like only one or two people are listening you're like oh great like just Mm -hmm. you know doing all this and really it was an exercise in sticking with it and being consistent and putting yourself out there time and time again it's painful but then it's also the most rewarding thing I think I've ever you know, done in my life. And Mm -hmm. another aspect is it of it is, um, the reason I really did it was because I wanted a, an excuse to talk to all my girl crushes. A lot of my favorite podcasts. I was. I like, thought you were going like, to say I wanted an excuse to talk to my sister all the time, but I guess no, that was no, not, I'm sorry. That was not the reason. <laughs> sorry, it's 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 morphed into that. But the impetus for me was, you know, I would listen to these podcasts like Second Life and Girl Boss, and I was like, I want to be in those conversations. Like I want to talk to those people too. Mm. And I always say this podcasting is like the biggest scam because like what other type of medium can you go up to a role model of yours and be like, Hey, can I talk to you for an hour and Mm -hmm. ask you any question that you want? Like in what other world would they say yes to that? And podcasting allows you to do that. So that was like a really great motive for me is the, is the networking aspect of it too. But also I think that Mads and I went into this with that idea of we're going to interview people and people are going to come and listen to these conversations. And what ended up happening was that people were coming for us. And so Mads and I Mm -hmm. became personalities of the podcast. You know, there are different podcasts where the host is simply the facilitator and the interviewer, but Mads and I have 20 minute intros before we even get to the interview with our guests because people have now followed our lives and grown up with us over the last two years. And that was something that was very shocking. That wasn't what we set out to do. And so now knowing that people want to hear the intimate details of our lives puts us at a very strange crossroads because it's just not something we've ever done in our lives, but we do it quite, you know, once a week, we, 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 we put it all out there. How do you maintain boundaries with this vulnerability? Uh, oh, there are none. Um, <laughs> do we? Do we? Re- literally, it's 
yeah scout you could go i my only boundary truly truly is i don't tell other people's stories so if we're talking about our childhood um you know there are certain stories that are our fathers to tell and our mothers to tell and not ours that's not mm-hmm. our story to tell and so understanding that you know only talking about our own stories and what we're comfortable sharing and then um i put a cap on certain details about my uh my relationship with my husband i like to keep that you know i i talk about him very openly on the podcast but there definitely are certain things that you know you'll never hear me on the podcast talking about anything that me and my husband are going through, if it's a rough patch, that's something I keep, keep to myself. Um, so that's really only where the boundary lies is where, um, I'm bringing in somebody else's story. That's not mine to tell. But other than mm-hmm. that, fuck, I'll say anything. Yeah. Yeah. We, we say too much. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever find that it has started some really interesting conversations within your own outside of the podcast following within your own social setting or, or your group of friends, your community? I don't think my friends listen to okay, Sis. Yeah, I don't think my friends, <laughs> they like, they'll support it, but they won't listen. And I'll yeah. know this because I'll say something and, and they'll, or they'll ask me something. I'm like, well, I said it on the pod and you didn't listen. So yeah. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, but I know, but no, in the, our direct network and our direct friends, I actually kind of like it that it's a little separate and that they don't listen. Also, like our mom doesn't listen. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. like, why don't you listen? Like, mm-hmm. at least just like press play so we get the download, you know? Right. Um, but no, it's, there because you know scout and i have talked about this like yes it is our real selves but it's also kind of like a uh not a character of ourselves but it's larger than life right when you do a podcast you really have to be on this is your you know Mm -hmm. entertainment type of persona and you're trying to exude value and and be a leader and talk to talk to your followers and um who's listening and like obviously we we look at all of our listeners as kind of like on parallel to us Mm -hmm. like we're not trying to be like above them but we do kind of have to step into that leadership role whereas with our friends it's not you know we're not like that all the time so I think there it is nice to have a little bit of a separation from it Mm -hmm. yeah I don't think anybody in my direct personal life like my friends and family even really know us as okay sis like understand our brand at all they no one listens (laughs) What do you think makes OK Sis stand out to your listeners? I think it's really me, a Mads in my relationship. And I think that when we started it, we didn't know who was listening. And so we spoke as if we were speaking to each other in a private room. And there wasn't an aspect of knowing there was an audience, which is the scary thing about podcasting because there isn't an audience, right? There is nobody out there in the room but you and the person next to you. And so you easily forget that people are listening and the people listening are just numbers on a download sheet, you know? So I think that what makes OKSIS special, which was not the intention going in, is the relationship me and Mads have together. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And... I think something that sets us apart from like other female entrepreneur interview type podcasts is we're, again, we're not like strict interviewers. It's not like your PR stunt that you're coming on OKSYS to like promote something. Mm -hmm. It's more so a conversation. It's like you're, you know, having a sleepover with your sisters Mm -hmm. and every guest that comes on feels that way. They all leave being like, whoa, that was, that was just like so fun. That wasn't really like, I, I had my like bullet points and, you know, it was more of a discussion and having, having fun. And I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway from us is like, 
you don't have to diminish your intelligence because you like to have fun and you like to laugh. And that is what OKSIS brings. There's like a beautiful balance of silliness and sophistication. And mm-hmm. people are going to walk away with tangible steps, but then you can also laugh at the same time. It does not have to be one or the other. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question was about vibe and about branding. How often do you check in with that? And how often do you just kind of make sure that you're on track for what you're hoping OKSIS continues to grow into? Um, I mean, every day it is definitely in the past month, we have been a lot more intentional and a Mm -hmm. lot more organized about the brand and the business itself. Um, Scout and I just want this to be the best that it can be. And we want to see a return on the many, many hours that we spend on it. Um, In terms of that, you know, it's community fostering and engagement. I mean, we have an incredible secret Facebook group, which everyone should join. It's called OK Sisters. And it's just the, it was the first like real touch point we had to our listeners. And, you know, as Scout said, like when you're doing the podcast, you don't like see anyone. We didn't know like who was listening. And then when we started the Facebook group, we're like, oh my God, uh, hi, like we could see these people. We could talk to them as if they're our friends, as if they're our sisters. So that was like the first real community touch point. And then obviously our Instagram is very silly. You see a lot more of our faces on there and our personalities. Um, We'd like to always, you know, tie it back to the podcast, but it's our lives and we're trying to be a lot more present. Um, I think I had like a little blocker or like limiting belief about putting myself out on Instagram. And I've... I think I'm still over the hurdle of that, but it's just, you have to pretend like it's natural. We just kind of dive in and show our faces as much as we can on there. Um, because I think it, it does help with, with the growth of, of the podcast. Mm -hmm. What types of conversations do you guys have that you find really spark interest within their community? Because I know that both of you just in general, model the conversation around mental health very openly. Has that been something that's really sparking within your community? I think we started the mental health conversation in a very clinical diagnosis setting, which was with my bipolar disorder um, since I was diagnosed at the age of 20, but I've been suffering from mental illness since the age of 14. Mm -hmm. And I guess (laughs) I've been told that the details that I was very open about were details that people were usually not open about when it came to mental illness. So I will, you know, talk about everything from self-harm to suicidal ideation to um, the actual realities of what I feel on a day-to-day basis. And opening up that door to talk about mental illness um, garnered a lot of attention from our sisterhood. And then we've been able to take that and I believe transform it into a just general mental health that everybody needs to be on top of no matter what. I think the conversation before was, well, if you're mentally ill, here's Scout's story. And now it's, well, if you're a human, here's our mental health story. And Mads Mm -hmm. has been getting super vocal about her time in therapy. We just did a solo episode all about how to love yourself and not in a fluffy way, but in a much more personal development way. And so it's almost become this through line of okay, sis, that's very personal development. We really encourage our sisters to take inventory within, make sure they're spending time with themselves, um, you know, encouraging them, making them feel not alone. And so what started as very clinical has beautifully unfolded into something that is very human and 
really just about the human condition, which is where I am moving in my life. I'm trying to move away from the label of a diagnosis as mm-hmm. it pertains to limitations and the way doctors view me and just enter into this fluidity space of the human experience, which I believe OKSIS has completely come into. And MADS has been a super, super vocal aspect of that conversation as well. And I think it's something that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mads, I, it look, kind of looked like you were going to say something there. I just remember having listened to your podcast with Caitlin and how do you feel that your role as a sister and as a business partner help with the advocating aspect of mental health? I speak a lot very openly about growing up with Scout and growing up with someone in, directly in your family that has mental illness. And it wasn't, I mean, still isn't a very pretty road and a you know perfect relationship with her mental illness. I think there's also a lot of trauma that I um, experienced growing up, especially when our parents got divorced and then Scout's mental illness and then our mother has multiple sclerosis. So all of that happened within, you know, very formative years in my life. And I didn't examine them because I was always considered the like happy-go-lucky sister and the one that was not dealing with mental health. So I was fine and I was happy. And that is true to an extent, but it was a numbness. And I also feel like people expected a lot from me mm-hmm. to kind of create the good mood or to create the positive vibes all the time. They looked at me for that role. So Growing up, I remember being happy, but it kind of all came crashing down as it always does. Um, You know, after college, I think that was like a real turning point for me where I was just kind of like, I didn't know how to navigate negative emotion because I always had been told that negative emotion was just that, negative. Mm -hmm. And putting these connotations and these labels around those types of emotions is is really toxic because you then begin to um, see them as things that you want to get away from your life and that's I mean still today whenever I have a negative emotion I'm like okay what do I do how do I fix this how do I get past this like Mm -hmm. let me let me like put the positive vibes and it's like no let's Mm -hmm. like take a beat let's sit in the discomfort and Mm -hmm. that's a really 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 hard thing to do when you've grown up and you've been conditioned to think that positivity and happiness is the only state that we should be in so that's something that I'm really really learning right now and Mm -hmm. um you know I do have a lot of anxiety I still you know deal with bad days it's not you know just because you don't have a mental illness does not mean that you don't have bad days and Mm -hmm. I think I didn't know that I think growing up I was like oh bad days and like bad things only happen to scout not to me so you know we talk a lot about that on the podcast um and just you know I I kind of give the perspective of the of the person that feels you know helpless in that situation and also just like doesn't know how to care for themselves because I think something that's really beautiful that Scout's mental illness has given her is that she has all these tools and she's like she's very far along in the self-love and self-progression and development whereas I'm like now starting that and I'm like oh like I wish I had all these tools that she has and I wish I saw the world the way she does. So it's really interesting because it can, an illness can give you a lot of really beautiful gifts as well that I don't, I don't think people talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that I've earned those, you know, I had to, (laughs) uh, 
I had to be whipped a few times by life or by my emotions. And so, yeah, that's that's a really good point, Mads. And I, and I do try to highlight the beauty because I think I've gotten to a point where I wouldn't trade those years back for what I have now. But it took 10 years of floundering around to get to a point where I, I say, like, I alchemize the pain into gold, right? I, I'm able to wear those medals as badges of honor. But it took a while. It took a long time. And so... I think, Mads, what you just said, you know, I wish, I think you're comparing, again, someone's destination to your, your start kind of thing. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's good to hear you say that, though, Mads. That makes me happy. You're welcome. The perspectives that you have complement each other so beautifully. So I can see, and I, I've heard your podcast numerous times, so I can just hear the just the cohesion that you two bring forward from such different perspectives, but with shared values is, is really powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes I like, it's so embarrassing. I'll listen to, okay. Cause right now we're very serious. We're talking very seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of the podcast that is just ridiculous. Just so oh, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like I was on a walk listening to our self-love episode and I was laughing out loud. I'm laughing yeah. out loud at myself. <laughs> In public, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just funny. And I think we so gracefully dip into humor and seriousness and kind of like Mm -hmm. ride a certain wave of of different levels of emotions within one hour, which is so cool. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. I I agree. And actually, I just realized that, too, that for people that are often so animated, like you said, like it's performative and you're just deep diving into all of these emotions and expressions to, to kind of tone it down, I, I'm so wrapped up in this conversation. I, I appreciate you both so much. When it comes to working on yourself, what are some ways that you individually work on yourself professionally and personally? Um, personally, it's constant. It's carving out a time every single day where I tap in and, and drop into myself. I like to call it my sacral chakra um, or my root chakra. And um, it's rituals that work for me to tap into that moment. So what really helps me connect with myself is picking a card from a deck um, Mm -hmm. because it kind of gives me a jumping point. It gives me a theme or an intention to run with and it lets me reflect. I'm constantly journaling. But, you know, there's a part of personal development that happens solo, alone and in stillness. And then there's a part of personal development that happens with other people. So when Mads was crying on Zoom because of the way I spoke to her, instead of me totally freaking out and punishing myself and saying I'm a terrible person and I made my sister cry and being really upset with myself, I said, okay, part of why Mads is crying is her own shit that she's bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. And something I said triggered that shit. So Mm -hmm. let's examine it and where can I then own my responsibility in this scenario and where can I use that to help me react differently in the future? Mm -hmm. So instead of taking this self-harm perspective, I took a curious, how can I grow from this? And Mm -hmm. I wasn't even anxious. I mean, she wasn't texting me back, so I texted her a few times, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't spiraling. I wasn't going into chaos. I was really looking at it as a growth opportunity. And so I think we forget that the people around us are our greatest teachers. They bring out things in us that we get to examine. I would have never known that the way I delivered that was harsh if she had not told me and mirrored it back to me. So I think that a combination of spending alone time every single day, whether it's 5, 10, 30 minutes to really know yourself, but Mm -hmm. then also examining the reactions you get 
in your relationships and being super open to feedback there and then taking that feedback and understanding where you can up level and progress and not taking it personally, but knowing that the other person loves you so much that they want to see you grow. They don't want to hold that over your head, what you did. You know, they're not going to hold a grudge. They're going to tell you how they feel and then they're going to give you the opportunity to grow. That's like the best relationship you can be in. So I think those two aspects, always checking in with oneself and then always hearing the mirror that people are putting up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of personal professional development, I was just thinking about this. I have um, no professional development, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is personal development. I mean, we talk, obviously we talk a lot about it. Um, a lot of rituals that we both adhere to and, and advocate for. We're huge morning people and we're huge gratitude people. So expressing gratitude every day will really help you to identify those amazing blessings in your life and just really finding the magic in the mundane to quote our favorite Tina Marie Clark. And um, I also am a big worker outer. So I love to exercise, love to move my body. It is a non-negotiable every day. And I know people struggle with the motivation to work out, but Honestly, it's it's something that has completely transformed both my mental. I don't do it for for looks wise. I do it for my mental clarity and stability. Mm-hmm. It is so so important. And then, um, I mean, we meditate. I, I need to meditate more more consistently. But when I do, I feel so I feel so great. And when it like really resonates, and you feel like the deepest breath, there's nothing better than like a deep, deep breath. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I love doing that in the morning to kind of center myself. But in terms of professional, you know, I have been thinking about this uh, quite a bit because I have a very strange relationship to productivity. I think a lot of people do um, where I feel like I'm doing 500 tasks at once. I don't really know where my progress is going. And I, it's hard for me to really like see the wins and be proud and like also reflect and be like, hey, what didn't work? And let's improve. Mm -hmm. You know, I never really had a practice in place that helped me uh, see those things until I got this planner called the Productivity Planner by Intelligent Change. And I really, really recommend this planner because it forces you to break down your tasks into priorities and something that I had never done before. And something I struggle with is prioritizing and really being like, okay, I need to finish this before I can move on to anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what it urges you to do. And then it also introduces you to the Pomodoro method, which is essentially time batching. So you put on a timer for 25 minutes and you do just that task and then at the end of 25 minutes you take a five minute break and it cannot be looking at screens you can you know make some tea you can stretch you can just you know breathe or whatever and look this approach is is really hard to like even get into and like force Mm -hmm. yourself to do Mm -hmm. but when I do it one you feel just you feel so great that you just did like a, a really intentional 25 full minutes of dedicated work and mm-hmm. it's 25 minutes like you would do anything for 25 minutes yeah. like it's re- it feels good because it's so digestible so you're like oh I'll just do like three pomodoros there you go an hour and a half of like intentional work and so I've started implementing that when I can when there's like bigger tasks that I'm putting off and I'm just like okay just 25 minutes I could do it so mm-hmm. 
that's something that has been amazing. And, and it's also something that's great in this, in this uh, planner is that every week at the end, it says, okay, let's list out the wins that happened this week. What was great? And then what didn't work? What did you not do? And what can you improve upon? Are there little, are there little things you can implement to further your productivity? So for me, it was like, okay, every night I was spending, I mean, I'll say this like two hours on TikTok, just scrolling and then going to bed. <laughs> Yeah. Not good. Okay. I do love TikTok. It gives me the utmost joy, but screens before bed, not good. So then I transitioned. I'm like, okay, I'll do a little bit of TikTok, but then I'm going to read and then I'm going to put a meditation on and fall asleep. And so I've been doing that and it's been helping me to really fall asleep earlier and get sleepy because when you're on TikTok, you're not fucking sleepy because you're just entertained and you mm-hmm. don't want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I'm up till like two in the morning yeah. watching, you know, kids <laughs> dance. So, you know, you just have to be, I mean, a little forceful with yourself and be like, look, like if you want to get sleepy, let's read a book, mm-hmm. fall asleep in a second. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's all these little tasks, things that I've been just kind of developing internally and seeing, seeing what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. I wanted to spiral back just for one thing about the personal development, sitting in your emotion. I think that you two both tied this in so incredibly how each one of you, your responses are informing the other one's responses. Does that make sense? So how Scout's able to move forward after a reaction or if someone gets really upset, that awareness and modeling that awareness is so crucial because it's so damn hard to sit with your emotions. So even how Madsen said, It's so difficult because we're constantly trying to feel happy, be positive, don't be sad, anything bad, just push it away, avoid it, whatever. I love that you both from different angles had approached how important it is to A, sit in your emotions and B, understand that someone else's response is not your responsibility. Yeah. And I think that also what we misinterpret or don't understand is that if you have, which I've learned this year, which has completely changed my life. Like, let's say I get anxious over nothing. Let's say it's just Mm -hmm. randomly, I'm just anxious. Nothing necessarily happened in that second. I just feel anxious. And then my mind says, oh, you're feeling anxious. And then you get anxiety about the anxiety. And that Mm -hmm. anxiety about the anxiety is the suffering. The first anxiety is the pain. The second anxiety is the suffering. If you can eliminate the suffering... Then you're just living in the pain versus, you know, you're not, you're not double loading the the negative emotion. And then if you can just sit in that pain and view it from a very non-judgmental lens. So if I feel any type of way that maybe I'm a little bit uncomfortable feeling, I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll sit there and I'll watch it. I'll say, wow, I feel pain right now. Or wow, I feel anxiety right now. What does that feel like in my body? And get curious about it. And that way it doesn't vilify the emotion. It doesn't make you go into complete chaos. It doesn't add layers of suffering. I mean, you know, we, I think, take negative emotions and create a fucking shit show around it that is so much more painful than if we just were like, oh yeah, I'm feeling that right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're the ones that like self-destruct. We self-destruct ourselves and make the root thing so much bigger than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah, the shame spiral and the judgment, it is real. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that's probably the, the main, like because I know that I'm not supposed to do it, Mm -hmm. I then do it and then I get mad at myself for then getting mad at myself. And it's like, it's, it's like, why don't we just like step back and just not. So I, I totally, I relate to that so much. 
Being super mindful of time here, I have a couple safe haven questions that I like to wrap up with. And so because I have two guests, I'll start with Mads and then we'll kind of switch back and forth. One, two, one, two. So what are you most proud of? Oy vey. (laughs) You hit me with my worst question. Which we ask all of our guests. And I also love your response to that as just perfect. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what am I most proud of? Honestly, actually, this year I have really been better at feeling pride and inner pride and being proud of myself. I am so proud of what we've created with OKSIS. I Mm -hmm. think it is something, although, you know, I still want it to grow and there's a lot more we have to to do. Mm -hmm. I do think that we're at a spot where a lot of people wish to be and and we've created a community that is like so engaged and amazing and I need to focus more on that than like the numbers and the growth it's like no we already have achieved so much Mm -hmm. and have connected with so many people so that is something I'm really really proud of and then also I created an app this year that will be launching next year that's really great and mm-hmm. like it was, it was the first time I downloaded it on my phone I was like I started crying so I was just I, I was like what the fuck <laughs> like I just yeah. created this thing on my phone um so I'm, I'm really proud about that and I think that 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 journey has been like the first time really that I've enjoyed the actual process rather than like it hasn't even launched yet but I'm so proud of it mm-hmm. and I don't think I felt that before in my life so Mm. Yeah. Huge congrats on that. That's incredible. Thank you. K-Scout. I would say right now in my life, I am proud that I am no longer afraid of my mental illness. I am proud that I have cultivated a confidence that I know just me, not with any help from my support system, that I can get through life no matter what and that I am fully equipped to be here and I'm also really proud of my relationship that I've cultivated with God this year spirit energy the universe whatever you want to call it it's not religiously affiliated just spiritually Um, I'm really proud of that that relationship that I continue to come back to Mm, so beautiful so Skit we're going to start with you for the second one and that was what would you like to be known for Fucking A, I was just talking to my life coach about this. (laughs) I want to be known for the way my mind works. I want to be known for the outlook I have and the way I am able to communicate it to others and therefore allow them to see something new or feel something familiar, a level of connectivity, but also inspiration. Great answer. No pressure, Mads. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. What I mean... Legacy, legacy. She wants to be known for being Scout's sister is really is really what she wants to be known for. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, no, I think legacy-wise, like, I want to be known for being, like, excellent in what she does. Like, I want people to remember me as, like, this inspiring leader that mm. was fearless and that people look up to. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be glorified. Some way or another. (laughs) Okay, Maddie, what are you currently reading? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are bibliophiles at OKSIS. And 
I'm reading the best book ever. Talk about therapy. I'm reading Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. Mm. And it is, she is a therapist and it's essentially about um, these like funny stories that happen with her patients, but then also her experience going into therapy and just the psychology of humans. But she is, it sounds boring, but like she is so funny and witty. I don't know how she's able to talk about the, these subjects so intelligently. And it's, mm-hmm. I cannot recommend it enough. It's amazing. Okay, cool. I just wrote that down. And Scout. I am currently reading On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. And I just want to confirm that that's the exact title. Yes, On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong. I'm going to say his last name wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't even know if the writer is a girl or a woman, a, a boy or a girl, but his or her name is Ocean. It is a beautiful, beautiful piece of fiction about a Vietnamese um, family who immigrated to America and the cultural barrier, the language barrier, uh, it's told from the, the son's perspective. He's writing a letter to his mother as an adult looking back on his childhood. Hmm. Um, and it's probably the most, it's written, the prose is the most me kind of prose you can find. It's very lyrical, very poetic, very abstract, um, very sad, very raw and poignant. Um, and it's a beautiful beautiful book about um human suffering pain and trying to fit in into america so um i highly recommend mm-hmm. that is so up your alley it's magic. sad writing you're it's, such a sad writer person, yeah i am you know? i am if i read you some of these lines mads you'd be like fucking scout right there it is such a me book <laughs> okay i have my last one scout we'll start with you if you had a message for everyone listening what would it be um I think the main message I I give myself, so I'll give it to other people, is that, Luna, you're ruining my moment. (laughs) That was my dog. Um, Is that you are safe in your emotions. Um, Mm. I think we think that our emotions will kill us. But I think that if you can notice every time you get to that point where you're like, I can't handle it anymore, you said that to yourself 15 seconds ago and you're still handling it. So no matter how uncomfortable it feels, you actually have the capability to get through it. And not just saying that as a fluffy statement, look to your past. You've gone through it many times. So, you know, create that evidence log and and use it when you when you get to that threshold. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I would say something similar. Definitely something that has been paramount, especially this year for me, is it's okay not to be okay. I think when you finally surrender to that, you can, I don't know, you can be okay with not being okay and like understanding that that emotion is not, is not detrimental and it's not something to be fearful of. Another thing I guess is just like in this time and this day in history, we're, we're discussing this right after the election and we still don't know the president. We just had Alexis Haynes on our podcast. She is formerly Alexis Nyers from, you know, reality TV fame back in the day. But she is like an incredibly spiritual and beautiful woman um, and has grown to be this, I mean, such a great light. And we were speaking to her yesterday and it just touched me so much. Is just, I think we all need to do a lot more in terms of connecting with human empathy and really understanding and trying to understand like what others that are different from us 
are going through and being deeply connected and and empathetic to them. I think Mm -hmm. we've seen it so much this year and Scout and I are both white privileged women and coming to terms with that, but then also using our privilege to really connect with, with women that, that are different from us and people and suffering. And I don't know, it's just like, let's fucking be, let's be like empathetic. Like, let's just care for one another. I think Mm -hmm. we've just lost that so much in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel that it's just, we're so disconnected from one another. And it's, I know it's such a, like, we hear those all, everyone's like, Oh, we're so divided. But there is a reason it's because we don't do the work internally to actually feel deep connection and empathy mm-hmm. to one another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. And I thought it was always superficial. And I was like, ah, and I, like we're divided because they suck or whatever. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, let's like really understand what people are going through and, and what their thought processes are. I don't know. I've just been thinking a lot about that. And I hope I hope we can all do that internal work because it does start from us first. Mm-hmm. Thank you both so much for today. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so happy that it worked out. I need to make sure that I have all of your socials so that our listeners can find you. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast, And then in the link in that bio, if you want to follow me or Mad specifically, our handles are there at Scout Sobel and at Maddie Mayo. And join our secret Facebook group, OK Sisters. It's a really great community of women who are supportive and kind and caring and empathetic and all of the things. Oh, and then obviously listen to the podcast because yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> we um, always forget. We're like, oh, yeah, the podcast. I can put those links in the bottom, too. So I'm going to make sure that everything is just a touch away. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. This was amazing. Maddie and Scout, thank you both for your time and for being with me on The Safe Haven. It means so much to me that you were able to carve out some time to chat. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform, and I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag us so that we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, even better. For more great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.